You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. I believe that in order to be able to experience flow, to experience alignment, you have to have some deep connection with a higher source, a higher power. And in order for me to do that, um, I have to be, I have to meditate and I have to pray. And those are two things that I have to do. And I have to, you know, self-affirm, have positive affirmations um, that I, I look at and, and say to myself daily, or that I read or I have a journal. I always keep a journal. I have one all the time around me, something to take notes on. Um, I have a calendar where I'm also constantly planning. Whenever you're planning, you have to have, you know, put these positive affirmations down for you to see every day. So these things become part of your psyche. It becomes part of your, your, you know, your beings innate within you. So it's nothing for you to say, you know, uh, I give my talents with love. You know, money flows to me easily. These things that, you know, mm-hmm. you are aligning yourself because we're all about, it's all about energy too. Yes. Your alignment has to do with the energy yes. that you're attracting in. And so if you believe in a higher source, you are aligning with the, with the universe, with the higher power. And then that gives you flow. That opens you up for clarity. It allows you to be able to be an open vessel for, you know, for, um, positivity to flow through you and so and that's another thing you have to have you have to be in a positive frequency you cannot operate in low frequency you can't attract what you want to you if you're not flowing at a higher frequency many people define stagnation as not producing or being at a standstill. I get it. However, I would like to add a little weight to the definition and say that I may be producing. I may be moving. However, my production and my movements are disrespectful to the purpose that's inside of me, to the greatness that's inside of me. If that's going on, that's stagnation as well. And that's okay. Guess why? Because I have developed a tool. I wrote a book called From Stagnation to Transformation. And that book was written specifically for individuals that feel stuck, that feel lost, that feel like they're just wandering in the wilderness, that feel like they just, I need something is just missing. It's okay. Okay. 
I want you to head over to www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. There you're going to find a complimentary portion of the book. That's right. A complimentary portion of the book. I want you to read that portion. After that, it's going to ignite such a fire inside of you that you're going to want to purchase the co- your personal copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to do that as well. Why? Because I believe that it'll give you a 21-day jumpstart to fulfilling or re-identifying purpose in whatever core area you find yourself stagnant in. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the What Now podcast, where we discuss ways of effectively addressing life's most difficult moments. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the What Now podcast, where we discuss effective ways of facing life's most difficult moments. And if you have listened to the podcast at least one time, you already understand that we have scratched that word difficult out and replaced it with defining. Why? Because we have the right, the authority, and most importantly, the responsibility to define those moments and not allow ourselves to be defined by any moments in our lives. We are bigger than any moment. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I am your trusted voice of transformation. I teach individuals how to revolutionize their life through purpose identification and execution. All right. Today we have an amazing guest, y'all. We're going to get to her very soon. But before we do that, I want to do our breathing exercises. So I need you right now to join me as we take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. One more time. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. If you were able to complete that exercise with me, that means that there's breath left in your body. Therefore, purpose remains. And it also means that now you are present in this moment. And we understand that it is very important for us to be present in this moment. We don't need to be concerned about what has happened. We don't need to be concerned about what is going to happen. We just need to be present right now. So, as I said, we have an amazing guest on today. I'm excited. This is our second guest for the year of 2021. I pray that your 2021 is going great so far. I pray that you are keeping yourself focused, keeping the energy the excitement about everything that is going on. As I said, we're not submitted to any moments. We know what 2020 represented to many of us. Yet at the same time, we also saw the blessings and the benefits of 2020. We talked about that in the last podcast. So if you are still wondering what it is that you need to be doing in order to be effective in 2021, I encourage you to go by www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation 
and pick up your copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. It is a 21-day coaching actuation designed to man manument purpose. Now, you might say coaching actu actuation, manument, what do they mean? I'm, do they mean? I'm glad you asked. Actuation means to provoke you to action. This book is designed to get you started. It is not the end-all, tell-all, but it will get you a jump start to navigating through life with the perspective of purpose, to manument purpose. What does manument mean? We talked about that as well, that it was used during slavery time. Once the slaves were freed, they used the word manument, which means freedom. So therefore, we, I'm, we are, <laughs> I'm sorry. The book is designed, let me slow down, I'm talking fast. The book is designed to allow you to let your purpose reign freely in your life and then throughout this whole world. Why? Because we were created to dominate this world. That's what we were created to do. And you know, the guests that we have on this show are changing the world as we know it. Everyone is unique. Everyone is doing it in their own way, but they are helping transform the lives of individuals and in so transforming this world, transforming this world. So today, let's get to our guests. As I said, you guys know I like that word amazing uh, because I believe that about everybody that I bring on the show. I just don't say I'm going to bring any and everybody on the show. I believe that the people that are brought on this show can help you be ignited to purpose. They can help stir up some things in your life and they can help bring direction and even clarity and understanding to some of the things that you are going through. So I'm going to go ahead and bring her in the room right now. I'm going to look at the paper so I don't get her name wrong. Sharmyra Fleming. Sharmyra Fleming. Now, if I got it wrong, she's going to tell me. And it'll be a learning experience. <laughs> good afternoon. Good. I did good? Yes. Yes. I was telling her before I came on the air, guys, that I am not good with names at all. I am not good at with names at all. As a former educator, that showed a lot uh, when some of the kids would come into the classroom. So, <laughs> But I learned. You live and you learn. So how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. great. Happy awesome. to be here. Awesome. We are excited to have you. And we believe, as I said uh, off the air as well, that people's lives are going to be literally transformed through hearing your story and everything that you have going on today. Looking forward to sharing. <laughs> awesome. So I start every conversation with an icebreaker question. And we're going to do the same thing today. And I think I'm going to pick my favorite icebreaker question. And that question is, if you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Oh, um, it would be to, um, I don't know. I think it would probably be, uh, as a writer, um, being able to use my words to, reach the hearts and minds of those that I come in contact with. Um, I would, I would just hope that, uh, you know, even with what I do have, that it would go further 
of my as my superpower because I do feel like writing is my superpower. So I wouldn't change it. I just would hope it would reach further than it already has. Awesome. Now I'm going to tell you why I asked that question because some people be like, "That's a real playful question," but I have yeah. a purpose behind everything that I do, mm-hmm. and I asked that question because. I do this on, uh, I did this on my other show called Transformation Radio. And I uh-huh. do it on here now as well. Because what I found out is that, <laughs> sorry, Google. I, what I found out is that 99.9% of us answer that question based upon what it is that we've been created to do. Right. And that's the awesome thing about it is that's the whole purpose of it. I want us all to understand that we have a superpower and that superpower sometimes is locked up inside of us. But when you discover that superpower, you know, as you have, man, the possibilities are endless. And to piggyback off what you're saying, I think being able to know what your superpower is mm-hmm. it comes from having that self-awareness yes. and um it sometimes it takes some people a longer time to discover it sometimes some people know off the bat what it is that they were meant to do what they're here to do and um you know if it does take you a while to figure it out that's okay it's just being able to have that that self-awareness and conviction to be able to go out here and and share that with the world because that's what it's meant for you to do. Awesome. Then you hit a trigger word. You'll see throughout the conversation there are some trigger trigger words that are hit uh mm-hmm. when our guests talk. And the trigger word that you hit was self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about that. We'll get to the uh introduction of you in a little bit. But I okay. want to stay right here just for a minute because mm-hmm. that is so important to me. And I think that sometimes some people have been taught that to be self-aware is selfish and you shouldn't be so focused on yourself. But let's talk about your personal journey to self-awareness. How did you become self-aware and when did you realize the importance of it? Um, you know, it's interesting because I feel like, um, if my, if my mom was here, she would tell you that, Oh, cause, I was born premature, you know, I had a lot of odds stacked up against me. I was four pounds when I was born. Um, if you, she would always say, seeing you now, you would never know the challenges that you had to go through to get to where you are today. And, um, I feel like, um, there has always been some sort of anointing on my life, whether I could explain it or not, whether or not, um, you know, being a, a, young person and not really knowing um your purpose or whatnot. Um I feel like I've always known that a higher power of God has something special for my life. And so um I think when I turned thirteen, twelve or thirteen when my cousins and I had gotten baptized and all that stuff, that was sort of the turning point of me becoming aware of you know, my journey as an individual. And um I've always written, you know, writing has always been a, 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 you know, a source of where I was able to release my, my, my thoughts, my, 
my my goals, my, you know, the things that I wanted for the future. And so I think it was just a, a natural progression for me as an individual um, coming into my own. But I always known growing up and getting older that something I had something special about me that I was supposed to share with the world. And it just so happens that writing is supposed to was that thing. And it didn't take me. It took me until um, a few years ago when I started writing my first romance novel where I started to see the words I was writing and allowing other people just to read what I was writing impact them. And that's when I knew that this is what I was supposed to do, that my words mean something. I've always had the ability to be able to write and people would say, Oh, Myra, you doing oh that what you that poem you wrote was just so great. Oh my God, it just touched me or if I wrote something for church and said, you know, spoke in church, it was always something that touched other people. So it's just naturally coming into my own as an individual and realizing what my, what my purpose is and my place on the earth, on earth is, and then aligning with that. So once you become self-aware, you begin to align with what is your destiny and you know what you're destined to do. And, you know, not that you, or kicking it off or, you know, don't want to deal with it. It's just that once it becomes clear to you what it is you're supposed to do, then you can begin to align with it. And it wasn't until, you know, I really was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do that I was able to align. And that's what's been happening over the last two years is my alignment with my, my true purpose on this earth. Awesome. Awesome. And you said so much in there. But you hit another trigger word, so I want to stay here, too. Okay. <laughs> I love this. I love it. I love it already. Let's talk about the alignment. Alignment. Because many people hear that uh, and they get confused by it or they've tried to force it in the past. How do you just find yourself flowing into alignment with it or coming into alignment with it? So I think that has comes to your... Now, this could get controversial because, you know, some people don't believe in, in God or a higher power, mm -hmm. but I, I believe that in order to be able to experience flow, to experience alignment, you have to have some deep connection with a higher source, a higher power. And in order for me to do that, um, I have to be, I have to meditate and I have to pray. And those are two things that I have to do. And I have to, you know, self-affirm, have positive affirmations, um, that I, I look at and, and say to myself daily or that I read or I have a journal. I always keep a journal. I have one all the time around me, something to take notes on. Um, I have a calendar where I'm also constantly planning. Whenever you're planning, you have to have, you know, put these positive affirmations down for you to see every day. So these things become part of your psyche. It becomes part of your, your, you know, your beings innate within you. So it's nothing for you to say, you know, uh, I give my talents with love, you know, money flows to me easily. These things that, you know, mm -hmm. you are aligning yourself because we're all about, it's all about energy too. Yes. Your alignment has to do with the energy yes. that you're attracting in. And so if you believe in a higher source, you are aligning with the, with the universe, with the higher power. 
And then that gives you flow. That opens you up for clarity. It allows you to be able to be an open vessel for, you know, for um, positivity to flow through you. And so, and that's another thing you have to have, you have to be in a positive frequency. You cannot operate in low frequency. You can't attract what you want to you if you're not flowing at a higher frequency. So you have to stay above all that other, that negative stuff and push it right. out so that you can, you can align. That's absolutely. what I believe. <laughs> absolutely, 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 absolutely yeah. <laughs> love the language behind it. And I know, as you said, there are some, uh, we, we have a diverse platform. So yeah. one of the things is I allow people on here that have a plethora of beliefs, because here's right. what I believe. I believe that sometimes we stay stuck and stagnant or stagnated. And if you are stagnated, don't forget to go by the website. But uh, we stay stuck and stagnated because or stagnant because we don't allow ourselves to be open, open to the up. diversity. Yeah. That's right. And there there will be some things that I can pull from everybody and apply to my life. That doesn't mean I have to pull everything and yeah, apply exactly. it to my life, but I can pull that and apply it to my life. And you were talking about the operating in a higher frequency. I believe sometimes that's why our frequency stays so low because right. I, I say this all the time. You don't need the same people around you all the time. If we all think the same, act the same, walk the, walk the same, believe the same, who's challenging who? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then also, uh, with, with that comes, um, you operating at a higher frequency. Like if you notice, the more the, ne- the the more negative energy that you have around you, the more you attract negative to you. Absolutely. But when you are when you are around positive people and they're they're saying positive things and they thinking positively, you see them putting into action what they say that they're gonna do. You notice all of the 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 things that's coming to them. You know everything that they say that they were trying to do or attempting to do start to manifest. Starts to manifest because. Because you can't manifest in negativity. You can only net manifest in positive, in positivity and positive alignment. You can't, the, the energy, the universe can't align with what your positive vision for what your life is if you're thinking on a negative wavelength. Just Absolutely. can't happen. Absolutely. And, and I, I tell people all the time, and I, I want to ask you this question. Um, because a lot of people say, but you don't understand. I grew up around a bunch of negativity. It was all around me. I just can't seem to break out from this thing. What, what do I need to do in order to break out from this thing? So for me, okay, this is where the my comes into play. The yeah. my. So I think of the my mindset. My stands for, it's twofold because this name was given to me by my line dance family up in Boston. Shout out to the Boston Rhythm Riders. <laughs> they call they call me my. <laughs> and so when I started Creative Calvary, I was thinking, okay, what is something that I can not only can I give my writing and my books to people, you know, because I was talking about romance, but what can I do to encourage people on the other on the other side? Because that's something that I've always been into, always done. I've always been that that friend that people come to and just want to tell me what's going on with them and it's you know want to give advice back to them mm-hmm. and so I when I when my came on I was like okay 
motivate, aspire, inspire. That's what this stands for. So when you have a mind mindset, one of the things that I, I intend to do through my writing and anything that I'm doing creatively is to motivate my readers and beyond to live uh, their lives with purpose, intention, and full of passion. That's one. The second part is, as I'm motivating uh, each person that I come into contact with, I'm hoping to inspire them, aspire them to their greatness. And hopefully, in that aspect, they're, I, them achieving their aspirational goals and me achieving mine as well, that we're inspiring, if not one, but many people along the way. So that's what the my, you know, this my mindset is. And if you have that going for you, even if it's not mine, but it's something that you are thinking of positively about yourself, you don't have to worry about the negativity. You could push the, it's easier to push the negativity out when you have your mind set on something that's intentional like this. And that's what, you know, I try to do each and every day is have my mind set on something positive and intentional so that I can be successful in everything that I do. Awesome. Awesome. And that's so needed right now. You know, we just came mm-hmm. through. 2020 and, and everybody has different thoughts and perspectives concerning 2020. Uh, we experienced loss. I, I even lost my father. So I understand that the, the mindset, you know, as it relates to loss and everything mm-hmm. that seemed to be going on. Uh, but I also say 2020 was probably the greatest year of my life as it related to purpose and direction uh-huh. and clarity and understanding. So I, I, I like how you were uh, talking about that, my uh, attitude, because that is so, so, so important. Go That's, ahead. And I was just going to to also uh, add to what you're saying. I just wrote on recently on my blog is that um, about even though we've had to go through um, such hardship and challenges during 2020, I was saying that I believe that 2021 is going to be this explosion of creativity from all over the place where people have been incubating with all of these ideas and, you know, great, great uh, concepts and and just creative uh, thoughts that they got it. Now, this year, hopefully it explode out so that the world gets to see it. But it just took, you know, a time. I think like 2020 for people to just slow down, yes, slow down, yes, and be have to you know pick up that that project that you've been putting off for like mm-hmm. months of years and finish it. Um, start that book that you've been wanting to write that you've been putting off for years, or or uh, start a course, or what are all these things that you know mm-hmm. so many? I think it's going to be another explosion of entrepreneurs too, because yes. yes. So many people had lost jobs and so they had to find new creative ways to, you know, make money. And hopefully we get to see some of, you know, some, some really great ideas come to fruition, you know, in this year. You know, my former pastor, she, she had a saying, um, and I think it was right after her son had passed away suddenly, Mm -hmm. uh, she developed this saying and she, she used to tell us this all the time. In everything, find your place of praise. Mm-hmm. In everything, mm-hmm. find your place of praise. And I think one of the things with the pandemic and the social injustice and all of yeah. those things that happened in 2020, um, 
one of the greatest things to me was, as you said, everybody had to pause for a minute, had to step back for a minute, and it made us spend time with the one person that we spend the most time running from. Ourselves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I definitely agree that this is about to be one of the most creatively explosive years ever for the entrepreneurs, for the creators, for creatives, for authors, for everybody, because for years there are ideas that have been sat on. There are, there are gifts, talents, and abilities that have been sat on that now have to come to pass. You know, they have to right. come into fruition because right. you, it's like we were backed in a corner and God's like, okay, so what you going to do now? What excuse yeah. are you going to make this now? This was our what now moment. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and I, I love it because I hear a lot of people coming to that understanding, understanding or realized it in the midst of it because, right. you know, some it hit hard first and then they were like, well, wait a minute. I have all this time. I can, I know people who wrote books in like 30 days. Yeah. Like that's, you yeah. know, they, they got yeah. that book out of them because yeah. it had sat there for so long. So long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, I agree. It was um um this year, you know, I started off 2020 on a high note. I had just launched my uh, my second romance novel. Um, I had just completed in January. I completed my second uh, makeup artistry uh, certificate program. And, and then February, I did the book launch and everything was great. I was in the middle of trying to finish up my third novel. And so I was thinking, oh, 2020 is going to be awesome. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> by the fall, I'm going to launch the third book. And it was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 2020 says, sit down somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, I'll get back to you in a minute. <laughs> Listen. So, um, but yeah, but I still was able to crank out some really great, uh, um, accomplishments in 2020. Um, I actually was able to trademark my, my business, um, my, my logo and, you know, some of the, 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 the different intellectual properties of my business. I was able to get that trademark, which is a huge feat for any business, especially a small business to own your own stuff and so i give props to prince because i'm a huge prince fan and so you know i always you know think about ownership of everything that has to do with my brand and so yeah that was a huge deal for me in 2020 and then um and then i promised myself uh shamira you're gonna end you're gonna finish this third book before the end of 2020 and i am happy to say on december 30th <laughs> 2020 i finished the third book <laughs> so yeah awesome, those are awesome. the things that i got done and then i launched my my uh my podcast in the summer of 2020 which was you know it was something that i some of the ladies that i met during my book launch had uh mentioned to me they I was talking about the books in the background and uh one of them asked me if I had a podcast. I was like, No, I don't and she's like, This would be so great if you had a podcast and so I finally was like this summer I said oh, well last summer I said, No, I'm gonna just be I'm just test the water and I started it and um 
I'm looking forward to continue with it. I, it's, it's doing awesome. pretty good. So, yeah. So now you hit a whole bunch of trigger words in there. <laughs> a whole bunch of them. So here we're going right. to slow walk this thing, okay? All we're right. going to talk All about right. business first. Then we're going to talk about the books and then we're going to talk about the podcast. Okay. And the reason we're going to start with business is because that right there, the ownership, I drive ownership of content. I drive ownership of business. I just drive ownership, ownership, property, real estate, everything, because it is so imperative that we have that ownership. And I'm going to tell you, there is nothing more rewarding than knowing you create something yeah. and you don't have to worry about I get a certain percentage of it or somebody can take it from underneath of me. I own that. Mm -hmm. And I can leave that to as an inheritance one day to, and you know, it's all about legacy for me. So yes. let's talk me about too. your business. Let's talk about okay. your business. Okay. Um. So Creative Calfaray was established. Um, as an LLC in 2018, um, it was started as a way for me to self-publish my my romance novels. Um, now, you know, backing up before Creative Calvary, I had tried. I, I have an MBA. When I graduated with my MBA in 2009, um, and I moved to Boston with my husband, that was my first what now moment. I was like, okay, I don't have a job. Let me see if I can start a business you know, doing some of the things that I love to do. At the time, I loved belly dancing. And so I was thinking about trying to start something in that realm. It didn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward to 2018, when when I when my husband and I made a decision to move from Boston to the Maryland area, I decided then that I was going to see if I could start. And I didn't get a, I wasn't able to find a job right away. Um, I was leaving a corporate corporate position that I love, um, working in supply diversity. This is another area that I'm very passionate about within my business now, which is supporting black owned and diverse businesses and giving them light. <laughs> so if you, if you follow my pages, you'll see every now and then I'll highlight a business that I, I purchased from or connected with and give them some love because I, I've worked with these businesses in my, my professional role and helping them get contracts with our, my, my company. So, or, you know, become part of our vendor pool. And so there's, that's very, that's something that's very, uh, I'm very passionate about. And so, um, in 2018, when I established Creative California to start writing, I mean, self-publishing my books, um, for the first, what, six months to a year, six months, I just focused on the writing and my blog and all that. And uh, it was very important to me then to make sure that I was established as an LLC out the gate. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you are starting a business, I don't care what area you're starting in, you need to get your LLC, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, connect with an accountant, just something I did out the gate. Um, and really started to put the, you know, the frameworks together for, uh, establishing my, my businesses, set up my, my, my budget, my expenses and everything. And, um, I actually used part of my, um, my, uh, uh, my 401k when I first 
left my company to mm-hmm. do some of this stuff. And, but I was smart about it. I didn't use it all up. I used a small percentage of it to get things going as my, you know, without having to go and borrow money, you know, for a loan. Mm-hmm. And it was very little. I was very, uh, intentional about where I spent my money. So, um, one of the things that helped me was this, um, the self-publishing formula 101 by Mark Dawson, which is a very well-known, uh, uh, author out of the UK. Write suspense novels and he created this program for so, uh, you know, for indie authors trying to get started on how to write your first novel and become successful with it. And I just follow that framework and that if it had not been for that, I probably wouldn't have known half of the stuff that I learned because I did my own book cover, the first book cover I did. Um, I saved a lot of money following that framework, I will say. So when when you, I feel like when you start your own business, not only is it important for you to own everything, but you have to be mindful about who and where you're spending your money. You know, there's a lot of people out there that claim that they can help you with getting things going. And you got to vet that out. You know, eventually, if you, you can do some things on your own, like I've done some things on my own. But once you get to a certain level, you have to start contracting that stuff out. You know, um, like my first book cover was great, <laughs> but eventually if I wanted to attract the demographic that I was looking for, I needed to get an actual graphic designer to see if there was a change, a difference in, um, you know, uh, who was buying my books, which made a difference. Um, but once I got past that point, um, the next progression was for me to start to establish and de- diversify the, the company. And I started thinking about, okay, what are other income streams? If the books, there's one income stream and it's not, and I'm not, you know, working on a book and it's not hot right now. What else can I do that I'm interested in that's creative that will speak to the creative Palfrey brand? And that's when I began uh, seriously considering um, offering my graphic design services as a piece and also um, um, the makeup artistry. Um, the graphic design piece came because I was literally, it was literally a hobby, something I was mm-hmm. helping um, my line dance group up in Boston out with uh, flyers from time to time. They I give them all the praise and love, out, you know, anytime I talk about this, because if it wasn't for them, I really wouldn't have taken it as seriously as I have. And um, they were my very first customers. And from there, you know, I've had at least um, eight or nine other clients because of them. Um, but I don't do large projects, just, you know, small projects if people need a little help here and there, um, especially like people who are just getting started. Um, I've helped out, um, uh, with getting their website set up and, um, doing some of their graphic work or whatnot. Um, some logo designs, you know, here and there. And, um, and then with the makeup artistry, that, that's just something I love to do. <laughs> and so I decided, and I'm also a person that loves to be trained. So I, I'm constantly in school for something. <laughs> And so, um, I felt it was important for me to have certifications and 
the makeup artistry. So I completed um, the makeup academy with in uh, Cockersville, Maryland, received a certificate there, as well as the Part of My Globe um, makeup school in Baltimore. I received a certificate there. And I'm working on getting a graphic design um, certificate right now. So I just, for me, it's important for me, if you come to me wanting my services outside of my writing, that you know that I, I'm knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I have the business background that, that's, you know, backing me. I work, I work in corporate finance. I'm still working <laughs> in finance now. Um, and procurement is my area of expertise. I know about contracting, especially with federal contracting as well. That's what I do now. And so for me, it's not just being knowledgeable in, or having a passion, but being well-rounded and an expertise in your area. That's what I want to be. And so that's part of the growth process over the last few years for me with Creative Power Parade is just making sure everything that I do speaks to this brand, speaks to the business, and that I own every aspect of it. I don't want anyone to tell me, <laughs> oh, that's ours. No, it's not. <laughs> or if you want to use this, uh, it, it, you need my permission. Right. And right. Uh, and that's important to me. And so, um, yeah, it's just making sure that you dot every I, cross every T. Um, if you don't know something, read up on it. Um, I am not opposed to, you know, doing your research. I've done a lot of research, uh, especially with my trademark. You know, you learn a lot when you are in business school or in grad school, but it doesn't prepare you for when you actually get out there as an entrepreneur and doing this stuff. And so just knowing um, where to go, you know, I, I always tell people, once you get established, connect with your, your, um, um, uh, Chamber of Commerce. That's something that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, connected with the Chamber of Commerce. Start network, networking with other businesses within your community. Um, because they will support you. And if they have events going on or depending on what type of business you're in, they will work with you, um, to try to get your name out there, especially the Chamber of Commerce that they will promote you. So there's stuff like that that I did. And, um, that I continue to do and then try to connect with organizations across the board where I can. All right. That's awesome. a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. That's good because, you know, a lot of times we have a lot of people that are talk about their business, but won't talk about the background of everything mm-hmm. and, and you know, how you're, you're continuing to educate yourself in certain yeah. areas as well as connecting with the chamber of commerce. So, yeah. That's great for a lot of people because you gave a lot of resources um, mm-hmm. and even researching stuff for yourself. And I tell people, right. research it for yourself. And then yeah. if you get stuck, utilize some people that are around you that right. do these things. You know, one of the cool, one of the interesting things is, is uh, when I was deciding to establish my LLC, it was my accountant that, you know, set the paperwork up, did everything, did all of that for us, for me. And then, um, and then when I was expressing that I wanted to tra- start trademarking, he connected me with a trademark attorney. That's important. Same. You need to speak with attorneys. Don't just go out yes. there thinking that you could do that on your own. Like you really need to sit down with an attorney that can give you the insight that you need to make the rest, you know, the best, best informed decision. And she looked at my, my 
everything that I had going on my website. And she and I got on a call and she ran my entire business down to me. And I was like, wow, she got that just by just doing it. Like and, and then immediately she told me what I needed to trademark. And that's what you want because you don't want to just go and trademark XYZ. And when you really <laughs> only needed to trademark one particular area. Yes. You know? And so it's important to speak with the experts that know um, how to help you run your business. Because uh, you can get yourself in a lot of debt really quick if you're not, um, if you if you're not taking the correct steps um, and precautions ahead of time, just to you know make sure that you're not spending where you don't need to spend. You know, wasteful. You know, you don't want to be wasteful. You want to make informed steps, and it's important to have the right people around you that can give you the appropriate feedback that you need, so that you can make those steps. Awesome. Now let's go right into the books as well, because you talked about that being a part yeah. of the business as well. Let's yeah. talk about the books. Let's talk about, uh, I heard you talk about uh, writing about romance. How did you zero in on that genre and decide this is what I'm going to write about? <laughs> um. So um, I've always, you know, wrote poetry. That's been, you know, I have a a, a bunch of uh uh notebooks of stuff that I written. Probably should some of that was uh from when I was in high school oh, wow. and and um some really great things I've written throughout my pregnancy on my first child. And um but romance came along because, you know, I've always like my mom and dad have been married forty years. They've been together awesome. for uh, 45. <laughs> awesome. So they just celebrated their 40 year anniversary this year. And so, and then my grandparents, my dad's parents were, uh, married for over 50 years. And so I've had people in my life that have had, uh, beautiful love stories. My husband and I have been together for, married for 12 years, together for 17. Awesome. And so, um, I actually have, uh, Content. <laughs> that right, right. From, you know, <laughs> right. um, and I just enjoy, I enjoy writing about the nuances of, of, uh, relationships and people being, you know, falling in love. I don't, I write about it from a realistic perspective. So it's not, um, the, you know, uh, I, I would say like, um, like a, so so sweet that you you just feel like oh my god this is not this, like no Disney way in the world Channel. this can happen yeah <laughs> like yeah there's, yeah there's no way that this can happen but I write about it from a perspective where people are literally going through a lot of stuff and then the first book um there's a, a touch on um you know the loss and grievance and loss of a of a parent I touch on a little bit of mm -hmm. domestic violence or uh domestic abuse or verbal abuse in a relationship with someone who was literally crazy and um and then um you know the nuances of how these two people are passionate about um their talent both of them one is a musician one is a dancer a, a, a contemporary dancer how do they find each other how do they fall in love do all of that and so um and then the second book <laughs> It's about a woman who's in, um, she's more in her forties and she's been married for 20 something years. 
had to deal with infidelity with her husband for a number of those years. And all of a sudden, now she's being faced with her own fidelity with oh, wow. two other men in addition to her husband. And how do they, how does she navigate that? And where does love find itself in the midst of all of this? So, um, and a lot of people that have read it just like, Oh my God, when is the next book coming? Because they can, if they don't see themselves in the story, they, they see, see someone they, and someone they mm-hmm. know. And that's mm-hmm. what I love to write about. And I'd love to, you know, find the, the opportunity for love to happen despite how bad things can be or how nasty or negative or, or crazy. You know, it's a lot going on. Even my editor was like, Oh my God, I was happy we pulled it together for the second book because it was a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> Do never laugh, but you know that's what I like to write about. And I, for some reason, over the years, because I'm a lovable person, I love. I think I'm a hopeless romantic. Um, I just find joy in writing about that and and sharing it with people and allowing them to see the journey of these characters take on lives of their own. That's awesome, and and I love that you said that you make it more of a reality versus, mm-hmm. you know, that Disney type of fantasy. Yes. You know, because that's not what we deal with on an everyday right. basis. And right. I believe that, you know, someone reading your book can relate to it, as you said, either yes. themselves or somebody that they know. Exactly. And they think, well, wait a minute, is it going to end like I saw it end? Or how right. it for me? So, <laughs> and so, you know, another funny thing that I love about it is that uh um I don't like to write about vulgar romance, you know, or mm-hmm. um there's nothing wrong with erotica and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't write about it from that way. Like it's mm-hmm. very tasteful in the way that I write and I know a lot of people have been like, Oh my god one lady told me that she felt like um she didn't feel uh um embarrassed reading it you know sometimes you can read something Mm -hmm. that makes you feel embarrassed because you're Mm -hmm. reading it because it's so vulgar and i don't write in that way i want you i love it's almost as if you are experiencing the chase within the book and um you experience every i want you to i want you to taste you know every every last one of your senses to Mm -hmm. be stimulated when you read these books and it's true because it's just like you are feeling it when you read it is what I went through writing it. And so that's what I enjoy about it too. You made that kind of connection with the story and these characters. Awesome. Now, as a writer, do you have a ritual or a writing process that you have to go to to get in a certain space to write? Or are you a writer that just, as I saw you said, you keep your, uh, your uh, journal around, your little notebook mm-hmm. around. Is, is it that you chart a little bit here, a little bit there, then piece it all together? What is your process? Sometimes, um, like for instance, uh, the next book that I'm coming up with, uh, the concept came to me on the way to Baltimore Book Festival. I heard a song on Soul Town, Serious SM. It was like one of the drifters or somebody. And I saw a, um, a army, an army, an old school army bus. It was like an old school bus and it had an army on it. I was like, oh my God. And I just had a vision for what the next story was going to be. And I was like, I know what I want. It's going to be a period piece. And I was like, I know what I want to write. And this, this moments like that where I have 
like these these almost serendipitous moments where I was I, I have to write down exactly what I see, what I you know, what I'm feeling in that moment so I can capture it. And then there are other times um I just sit down and I just flow. Um I don't necessarily usually it's music. I have to listen in, listen to um music to get in into a writing flow. Um like recently when I finished the last few chapters of the second the third book, um I was listening to uh Tony Braxton's new albums, uh Spell My Name. And it's usually that a one it's usually a track that I, I will listen to that will allow me to just pour out. You know, and I was looking for something that will allow me to pour out and I got to that song on there and it just went I just lost myself in the music and just kept writing. And that's what I like when I can do that. Now, when I wrote the first book, Prince was the, the, uh, catalyst for me to write. And I literally have all 39 of his studio albums up, well, 38. I only have, I don't have the, the uh, Northwest, <laughs> what is it? Um, Northwest, South, whatever it's called. It's the one that's the directional one. I don't have that one because I refuse to pay $200 before. <laughs> Before tracks, <laughs> I was like, "No way, Jose!" But, um, but literally, I uh, I have a playlist. I have playlists on Spotify for um, when I wrote that book, and there are certain chapters on my on my uh, my iPod that I have that says Nate and Violet Chapter Two. There's nothing but specific songs that I listen to during that time just mm. so I could zone out and write. And then um and then for book two, it was nothing but uh Tony Braxton's um Sex and Cigarettes album. Listen okay. to that. And that was the that gave me the whole concept for that story. And I just went. I was just gone. And I wrote that one in seventeen writing days. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it That's took me two years to write the first book. The seven, the second book, I literally wrote it seventeen writing days, um, literally a month, but from start to finish. But the days that I actually write it were seventeen, and I wrote twenty five hundred words, um, each sitting, and we got to fifty thousand words. <laughs> wow. yep, sure That's did. awesome. That's yep. I'm awesome. I'm hoping to do that with the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> So now, as a side question, because you talked about your your grandparents being married, I think you said fifty years. Your parents forty. Oh, mm-hmm. you, you and your husband, uh, fifteen or twelve. Twelve, twelve, twelve married, seventeen total together. Okay, in the world that we live in to, today, uh, what advice do you give to this generation? Because it seems as if it just does not happen anymore. <laughs> It's hard, you know, I, I will say one of the things that I learned from my mom a long time ago, she told me this a long time ago, is that marriage takes work. <laughs> Myra, marriage takes work. It's not easy. And it's not, it's not easy. Um, you know, the first, you know, my husband and I, uh, the first couple of years that we were married, we had to learn each other all over again because the majority of our, our courtship uh, over the five years that before we got married, he was living long distance. He was living in Boston. I was living in North Carolina. Even though we're both from North Carolina, the first eight months of us dating, 
Um, it was as college students. He had just graduated from college. And right after he graduated, he moved straight up to Boston and began living and working there. And from the next five years, we had to communicate back, you know, long distance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were times when I didn't think it would work, and but we did. We made it work. And then after we got married, it was just like learning a new person all over again. But, yeah, but I feel like, um, you know, there are those ups and downs. <laughs> my mom telling me, if you guys can make it through the first three years, you good. You're fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> and 12 years later, like, it's like sometimes we have our moments where, you know, he has to be in his space. I have to be in my space. Right, but right. we're still, you know, we're still good along. We're still cool. And um, I love him to death. And um, I think for my parents, the same way. Like, even, like, now, like, they've always been close. But now that they're retirement age, they're like this. They're like always together. Like, oh my God, you guys like look teenagers like, are we going somewhere? Are we going so and so and so I think the longer that you get together, the the easier it is to, you know, um to be with each other and to be around each other. Because you don't wanna start over. Right. <laughs> you don't right, wanna right. start over. And then uh oh, my grandparents uh <laughs> My grandparents, before they passed, um, they were the same way. Like, my grandmother, she used to play little, play little jokes on my granddad and hide his shoes and, you know, little practical jokes on him. And he would always say, oh, I love Tanchi. Tanchi, because that was her nickname. Or Flossie. Flossie is her real name, but he just called her Tanchi. He was like, oh, look at, I just love my baby. Look at Tanchi. <laughs> so... <laughs> And they were what in their eighties, still yeah. talking like kids. And so, I think it's what you want to do, what you want to make of it. It can be as difficult or as easy as you want it to be. By no means is it a walk it apart. I would not say that. You know, there are times when um, it, it gets tough because it could be for you know various reasons. <laughs> you know, there mm -hmm. are a lot of variables that change the dynamic between you and your partner. But uh, it's all about how you approach it and get through it. You know, it's it's, it's tough. It's a, it's constantly one thing about relationships, especially marriage, is a it's a it's dynamic. It's a moving ball. You never catch up with what you think you you know that 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 wedding day, that honeymoon phase. You never catch up with it. I don't think you know you have those moments where it's beautiful and feel like it again, but you're constantly chasing that feeling of, you know, <sighs> happily ever after, you right. know. Um yeah. but that's part of the 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 uh the cool part of uh you know being married to someone for so long is being able to keep looking for times for you to share that a uh, special like that and you know um you know it's never I always go back to this line and um and uh Lord Jones when when um Lorenz Tate says at the at uh the end, um at one of the points in the movie where he says um about falling out of love with somebody, he says, It's not that you fall out of love with them, it's that you exhausted the possibilities of, yes. you know, finding ways to love that person, you know, and that's what I feel like. If you are truly in love and want to remain in love, you'll, you'll find ways to stay 
stay there. But it's going to be a challenge. You're going to have shit stuff come at you. Right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel you. I, I, my mm-hmm. uh, grandparents are celebrating today. My grandmother just turned 81. Wow. A couple weeks ago, and they're celebrating. I can't remember. It's over 40, though, years anniversary. So, Congratulations. Today. And they cracked me up. I'm telling you, they did. Yeah, it's like, fun to watch them. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> she'll be like, he. Just don't pay him no mind, cause right. he's like he's off the hook, and uh-huh. she's like quiet and reserved. So it's uh-huh. just watching their dynamic is like amazing to me, because like I said, you don't see it much anymore. So yeah. when I see it, it's like really like a precious moment. But they are hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. And like I said, I, my my grandparents are they're both deceased now, but when they were here. They were just uh, hilarious to watch. Yes. <laughs> they argue, plus fight like little kids, and then loving on each other. And I'm like, what in the world? What are you doing? You know? But it just goes to show that that stuff never dies. Even it as you get older, it never yep. dies. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So now I want to talk about the podcast. Okay. Let's talk about how uh, the concept of the podcast you did share about uh, someone asking you, did you have one? But let's talk about the concept, the name, how it came about, um, you know, everything that you do within the podcast. So um, the podcast is called uh, The Purple Charm Experience. And uh, that name, it's so funny how that name has stuck with me. Uh, it's been with me since the beginning, but um, I actually came up with that name. It was actually a, a dance, a line dance that I created for okay. uh to breakfast and wait by prince mm-hmm. and so um when i started creative cabaret i you know that was like a little tag that i always say welcome to the purple charm experience you know <laughs> and so <laughs> and so um i just kept with that and then um um as i stated i started it because uh there was some interest from um some of the ladies one of the ladies that uh came to my book launch uh, i was telling them about you know, how certain parts of the book, what I was feeling, what I might have been thinking when I was writing, um, you know, just to give them some background on the, the story, because there were some interesting things that happened when I wrote that first book. And I just wanted to always talk about it and share like little, I call them purple charms, because there's like, if you're a true Prince fan, you'll see them in the book. Like, for instance, um, the name of one of the main characters is Jamie Jameson Nate Stark, Nate Nathaniel Stark. I call him Nate in the book. But his name came from, the Nate came from Sign of the Times at the end when he says, let's have a kid and let's name him Nate. That little okay, line in the, okay. in the lyrics. I was like, oh, okay, let me, let me do that. And so if you, if you are a big Prince fan, you'll notice like little things throughout the story, like Violet. When I wrote the book, uh, Charlotte chose the name Violet Violet. Um, I had no, like, I love Get Off song, mm-hmm. Get Off. I had no idea that he had a remix to the song called Violet the Organ Grinder. And I didn't okay. stumble upon it until I was writing one of the chapters. Then it popped up on, on iTunes. I was like, oh my God. And so <laughs> it was just like little, little things like that, kind of like confirmation that I was writing something that was really, that he agreed with. I was like, 
Apparently, I was agreeing with me. (laughs) And so, um, there's little things like that. And so, with the podcast, um, the format is basically for me to always share something, kick it off by sharing something positive, something motivational. I do like what I do on my, my, my social media platform, which is share a motivational quote every day. So I start the podcast with a motivational quote. And then, um, from there, I, uh, have been, uh, sharing a, a special topic that I choose to discuss on the, on the show. Um, recently I did, I talked about, for instance, I talked about, um, you know, how, my purple boat changed America or, um, just, you know, that was kind of falling in line with being, mo- you know, motivating people mm-hmm. to, uh, go out and voice their, uh, use their, use their vote to voice their, uh, cast their vote to voice their, uh, voice their opinion, right, right. <laughs> um, in the electoral process. And so, um, and then also, um, one I did for breast cancer awareness. I talked about breast cancer awareness. And then, um, and then I also do, uh, the my sip piece is okay. like a, um, it's like, I always choose like a, uh, a, a cocktail or something or wine because I like to drink wine. Mm-hmm. And so I always choose something that, uh, that I'm sipping on, um, that I like to share for the week. So you can slip on it for the week. And before I get into actually doing like the romance stuff. So the second okay. part, after I do the, my sip, it goes into something romance related. And this last week I did a topic on, um, uh, knowing your love languages so that you can, you know, be mindful about buying gifts during yeah. the holidays <laughs> or, <laughs> or, uh, or, um, and then I've also done um like some little cute like last week one of the uh one of the podcast episodes of in previous weeks I did like a, a cute little romantic poem story thing. Um over the summer I was doing a living story, which I'll probably resume at the back over the summer because it was called Summertime Loving, where it was each episode it was a new it was a new piece of the story being written so each week i would write something to the story and calling it a it was basically a living story because i didn't write it ahead of time i would write it as i was reading it each week so which was really cool um and then uh up until i think my last episode i had been reading an excerpt from um the violet rose just to give background on the violet rose and um a little bit of uh, what I was thinking of and some, uh, uh, um, my thoughts on the chapter. So I did maybe like six, six or seven chapters that I read from that was like special to me chapters. And, um, and then recently I just started adding in a little purple print history and that's it. Huh? Yeah. All right. So what is a lesson that you've learned, uh, as far as, through podcasting, because a lot of people won't do it because they think it's hard. Some mm-hmm. people, I don't want to be in an empty room by myself and talk to myself. Yeah. You know. Right. So, what, uh-huh. what was one of the lessons you learned or a challenge you faced that you know you were able to conquer? Um, you know, I think 
for me, I was a little nervous at first because I was thinking, I can't stand to hear my own stuff. I can't stand to hear my own voice. Um, and, um, I was just afraid that no one would want to hear what I had to say, you know, overcoming that. There's always somebody that would be receptive to what you have to say. And, uh, I'm, I'm lucky that there have been some really good feedback. I'm still growing, still learning. There's a lot to learn about podcasting. I will say that. I, um, and I did, I, I took some time because I wanted to know, like I, I didn't just jump in. I just, I started reading everything that I could possibly read on podcasting. Who to host, what, you know, what platforms to host on, what's the most beneficial way to host. Um, um, what type of equipment should you have? Uh, just like trying to do like the basic fundamental groundwork so that I know that I'm not making any, you know, starting off on the wrong foot, you know? Right. And, um, I've learned a lot. I've learned that you also, if, if you have other outlets, like for me, with my book and my businesses, my business, it pushes you to be on top of your game. Oh yeah. Because, um, because with podcasting, everything is so, it's fast paced because you have to, you have constantly coming out with content. You have to come out with content on a regular basis so that you can build consistency so people will, you know, will join you. And all I was consistent with my stuff at, on, uh, on social media, like sharing my, my motivational quotes and stuff like that and blogging every week. I was like, oh my God, you got to add another piece to the pie. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, this is fun. Yeah. And so yeah. that's something that I'm definitely having to get used to is adding another, you know, another piece of content that I'm having to be regular with, you know, and it, it, you can't, you can't, you can't phone it in. It's one of those things you can't phone in. Like, right. you gotta be present with your stuff. And so, cause people will, just like with writing, people know when you're being genuine and when you're fake. This is the same thing with podcasting. People know when you're genuine and when it's fake. And so, um, you gotta come with your A game. You gotta be on, on point. And, um, I feel like, uh, and I don't like just, I don't like throwing out just, random information or random stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like when you're doing things like this, it must be intentional. It must have purpose. Absolutely. Like, you talk about, you know, it has to be intentional and have purpose because you want to add value to people. You don't want to just give them mindless stuff <laughs> out there. Mm-hmm. We got enough, enough mindless content out there. Bless like, I want <laughs> them to be able to take something from it, you know? Right. right. <laughs> and say, oh, I learned this from listening to her stuff. So, yeah. So true, so true. So here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to give everyone your contact information as it relates to websites, social media, where they can purchase your merchandise, your books, okay. learn more about your business, all of those great things. Okay. Well, everybody, <laughs> uh, you can purchase the My Tribe uh, sweatshirts and tees as well as the Creative Calfrey branded uh, merchandise. On through my website www.creativecalfrey.com or through my Etsy store Creative Calfrey. You do a search in Etsy for Creative Calfrey, it should pop right up. Um, but if not, you can always find me on social media where I have a link to those things as well. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
and Pinterest. So you can get at me at any one of those areas. I always respond. I'm very engaging with people who follow me. And um, I'm hoping, and also you can check out my blog. I blog weekly on Mondays, um, a motivational piece um, to help inspire you and get you through the week. It's always something um, inspirational or relevant to what's going on during the time for the time. And there's over 120 blog posts at currently that you can, you know, read through now. And, um, I appreciate it. You can find me, find my books on Amazon and Goodreads. And if you so happen to, um, uh, pick up my book that you enjoyed or like it, I just ask that you please leave me a review on Amazon or Goodreads because it does help self in the self publishing authors like myself and others, um, to get our books in front of other potential readers that we may not necessarily have had the opportunity to connect with. So with that, I just say thank you so much. <laughs> um, and I hope to connect with you. Awesome. Awesome. Now I have one more question. And that last question is over this last hour. Or so you've given us a lot of information. You've given us a lot to think about. You've given us a lot to apply to our everyday life. If the listeners were to forget everything that you said, what would be one thing you would want them to take away from this conversation? Keep a my mindset where you're always being, you're always uh, finding something to motivate you, to inspire you into your greatness and inspire someone, if not many, along the way. Always keep a my mindset with you because I think if you can keep a my mindset um, and stay positive, good things will come to you. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, I want to thank you for joining us on today. I want to thank you for sharing so freely with our listening audience. We appreciate you. Listening audience, thank you for joining us on today. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to text high frequency to 302-648-5544. Again, 302-648-5544. That lets me know you've listened to the episode in its entirety. And it gives you an opportunity to enter our drawing at the end of the month. Also, make sure you go by and support, support, support. Y'all know how I feel about the people I bring on the show. I want you guys to support in whatever manner that you are able to support. And as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major platform directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. 
And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over a hundred thousand podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. You'll get a great looking podcast website audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. So start your show today by using the link provided in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know we sent you. And it gives you an opportunity to receive a $20 Amazon gift card, as well as it helps support our show.